This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Christine Brennan is a columnist at USA Today, also a contributor for CNN and NPR, PBS. It's a pleasure to welcome Christine Brennan back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Christine? John, I am fine. How are you? Always good to talk with you and great to see you uh, and be all of us be in person uh, back in April. And now here we are and, you know, still talking golf. (laughs) Well, here it's fast moving. It's fluid. But let me ask you this. In this whole Live Golf saga, what has surprised you the most about all of this? The speed, probably, that, that how quickly things are moving. Although, as I say that, I shouldn't be surprised because the incredible lack of leadership in golf, a lack of moral, moral compass in golf, uh, which has seen us conversations you and I have had, uh, that seen the game of golf just be so pathetic on the discrimination against black men for years and, of course, women, really, to this day, um, and just so unwelcoming to, you know, half of our population for decades. Um, it's all that, that mindset, that mindset of rich white people running something without any cultural savvy or understanding of the world around them outside the gates of their golf course, that has now come home to roost. The chickens have come home to roost in a huge way with the incomplete ineptitude of the leadership of golf. I know I sound very strong, but I believe it, and I I think it's true, obviously. I wouldn't say it if I didn't. And so I guess I should say, John, that shouldn't surprise me, because I've covered it since 99 at Augusta. Things are much better there now. Fred Ridley is a true leader, I believe. He gets it on these issues. But in general, um, it has been happening so much that I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But I will still say that the speed and the, com- the incredible lack of leadership that then has allowed this ember to turn into a forest fire, and you've got like two firefighters with hoses going, stop, 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 and uh, it, that even though I kind of would have thought it might happen that way, it still is shocking and a surprise that, that golf leadership has been just so bad on this, and, um, and so... I guess surprise, not surprise, but I'll stick with the fact that even then, it's still kind of jaw-dropping how quickly this is going on and what, what is happening so, so fast. Do you think, Christine, the governing bodies are surprised, or did they behind the scenes know it could go this way, and, and that formed their, their opinions? You know, I don't know. I've done a lot of reporting on this. I talked to a lot of people. I'm very fortunate to have sources in golf and to have people I know and trust and like very much. And by the way, for anyone who's going, oh, she hates golf and they're ready to not listen anymore, I love golf. (laughs) I grew up with golf. My father wanted to make sure his daughters, three daughters, as well as his son, uh, felt comfortable on a golf course. Our dad was way ahead of his time. Um, I played in junior golf uh, tournaments at Sylvania Country Club for a summer or two until we left the club because we, there were no women members and it just wasn't the right fit for us. My dad was very strong on that topic as well. Um, and lest anyone think he's a liberal Democrat, he was a Republican, uh, Mr. Republican in Ohio, and uh, the biggest Republican I knew, George Bush's <laughs> vice chair in Ohio in 88. So uh, we come from liberal Republican stock, uh, not this kind of Republican party now. But um, but so this is not a liberal liberal thinking. This was forward thinking of you know of our dad, and and so I, I want to make that clear, John, that that 
Um, I, I still play. I, I played 27 holes over Memorial Day weekend. Not particularly well. I don't yeah. practice. <laughs> I can hit the ball a ton. But after that, it, if you don't practice, obviously, around the greens, it's just you know kind of a free-for-all. But I love the game. So this is not about bashing the game. Um, I think that the, the surprise for them um, would, I guess, go back to my original answer, that just the unfortunate cluelessness of the leadership of golf to not be prepared, to not see this coming, um, or to think that because golf has just been so this way for so many years, understandably so, the PGA Tour has been the you know, all-knowing, all-encompassing place to play and, and make money that maybe just, just couldn't have envisioned um, the, the exodus which still, by the way, is mostly people that no one don't move the needle at all, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Mickelson does, uh, but he's been gone a lot, and no one really has missed him. Obviously, the winning the PGA a full year ago is huge, but at 52 almost, Phil's not going to be winning many more majors or many more golf tournaments at all, uh, except the senior tour. But I do think that... Um, you know, in general, it's an exodus of, of names that's fast, and Dustin Johnson, of course, but it's not, you know, you're not losing the entire tour. Um, but I do think it surprised them, and I think, you know, it's all about money. Obviously, it's about life-altering money, uh, and, of course, they're all going into business with murderers. So that is the headline, will remain the headline for me forever. Uh, they are, if I get a chance to ask any of them questions next week, assuming they're there at the U.S. Open, Phil or Dustin Johnson in Boston, I'll be there, and I will ask, um, what do you think of, uh, of your decision to go into business with murderers? Because let's make it crystal clear, this money comes from this fund that MBS, Mohammed bin Salam, Salam runs, and uh, he sanctioned the killing of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018, according to various human rights organizations and intelligence services. So they are taking blood money. Uh, they can whitewash it all they want, but it's a fact. They are in business with murderers. And I'm going to preempt a question you're probably going to ask, well, what's the difference between playing in one tournament and doing this? Or what's the difference between going to compete in China for the NBA or the Olympics and this? The difference here is these guys are in business with them. Uh, MBS needs them to legitimatize himself uh, more and his regime uh, to sports wash. We're hearing that term a lot. Whitewash his image to burnish his PR. Um, this isn't about just playing one week and going home and taking the check. This is about being in business with murderers, in this case, MBS and his cronies. And that makes it all the difference. All, it makes all the difference in the world. An Olympian, John, going to the Olympics in Beijing, you didn't have a choice. If you're an Olympic athlete, you had to go to Beijing. Actually, didn't make any money anyway there. Um, so there's that piece of it, or a, a bonus would come from the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, not uh, not signed by the Chinese. But, but that's the difference. Um, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, they had a place to play. So they had what we would say their Olympics was in the U.S. They're choosing to go and be in business. It's a very, very different thing than being an athlete who has, this is your tournament this week, play it or not. That's just being part of a tour. This is making a business decision to leave what you were doing and go join forces to help, uh, again, the PR, the business model, the uh, everything about MBS, and the murderers who killed Jamal Khashoggi. 
We're talking with Christine Brennan here on the Augusta Golf Show. And as you and I speak, it appears, it appears that the players are going to get everything they want. They're playing over there, and now the USGA has said they're going to play in the U.S. Open if they want to. That is correct. And I wrote a column that, uh, as we speak, that appeared in, in the uh, newspaper today. is online. Folks can find it easily through my, my Twitter feed or any other way, um, which is C. Brennan Sports. Um, I, of course, was very, very critical of the USGA uh, for failing miserably to meet the moment. Um, you know, they were given an opportunity to take a stand against these renegade players, you know, who are going into business with murderers. And uh, they didn't do it. They failed. Um, they just wimped out, you know, uh, by not kicking out Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and the, I call them the blood money bros, uh, out of out of the U.S. Open, which is, of course, coming up at Brookline at the Country Club in Boston um, just next week as we're speaking. Um, the USGA, for all intents and purposes, condoned, endorsed, even supported Uh the, the Live uh, LIV Golf League. Um, you know, I, you can only imagine the celebration when Greg Norman and, and all those, you know, his gang of greedy guys <laughs> uh, trampled everything golf supposedly, you know, holds dear and then got away with it. They must have just loved that news that the USGA um, is allowing them it because there's no punishment. So, you know, Phil doesn't care about playing uh, the, you know, any PGA tour, tour event per se. But he wants to play the majors. He said that in his statement. And then guess what? He gets his wish. What a disastrous decision by the USGA. Um, you know, golf leadership has clearly become an oxymoron. Um, you know, honor, principle, virtues, golf is different, call penalties on ourselves. I believe that, too, as a golfer myself. Uh, you know, it's the best of us. <laughs> Throw that out the window, John. I mean, that they just blew it. And, you know, you, you get a moment, you get moments in, in sports history, you get moments in history, cultural history, um, where, the, you know, that's it. And you can look back 20, 30 years later and say, you know, what a crucial mistake that was or what a fabulous decision that was. Um, and I think this is one we'll look back on, uh, unless the live golf just, just you know, falls apart. And that's what the USG is hoping for, right? They're hoping to say, hey, this time we're already in the process. It's too close to it, a week away. We couldn't do anything. Uh, and they're just hoping that, um, that this LIV golf will just go away and they won't have to deal with it next year. That's not leadership. That is complete cowardice. And that's the USGA. And, and I, you know, I wish I didn't have these words to say because I like them. And they're nice people. And uh, I'm not against, you know, I like Mike Juan very much. Um, but oh, I, I'm a journalist, first and foremost. I just, uh, and I've covered things for, you know, a long time. I've seen a lot. And I just kind of couldn't believe how they didn't even in their statement, John, have one sentence about we're well aware of the incredible controversy uh, and that it involves the murder of a of a journalist four years ago you know they could they couldn't say anything or how about even like um you know we felt we were too close to the u.s open in 2022 but all golfers associated with liv golf for every usga championship moving forward uh will be banned from those events from now on nope couldn't say that couldn't say anything and that opened the door and i think golfers are like, oh we can be woohoo we can do this um, so, obviously, we'll see what the RNA does next. But I think um, this lack of leadership is astounding, and it's really going to hurt the PGA Tour. You mentioned Chairman Ridley, Augusta National. They they sort of have a luxury of, of sitting back for eight or nine months and reading the room, seeing how it—what do you think they do? 
I'm a little surprised they haven't said something just in, to be supportive of their peers in leadership in golf. Um, I got in touch. I emailed everyone or called everyone or texted uh, all four of the biggies, you know, the, the people that run the four men's majors, uh, last week when this was starting to really break with Dustin Johnson and never heard back from Augusta National. That's fine, of course. <laughs> Every right to not get back to me. Lots of people don't get back to journalists oh. and don't get back to me. That's absolutely fine. Um, but, of course, it's a free country. They can do what they want. Um, I, I, but think of what it would mean to the PGA Tour, because they're all obviously work together. I mean, PGA Tour, good friends with Augusta, good friends with USGA. I mean, they're all, it's all the same business. Um, and, you know, you kind of think they're friends. I kind of can't believe that they're all leaving, you know, the PGA Tour out there high and dry kind of just to deal with it themselves. Again, it goes back to my original point. Where's the leader? Where's someone, you know, like slamming his or her fist on the table and saying, enough is enough. We're going to speak out. We love this game, and these guys are about to ruin it because they're going in with, again, the money financing this golf, which is also, you know, 54 holes and team and I don't know, whatever. It sounds totally cheesy to me. But, um, the, you know, this is not – is this good for the game of golf? I guess my thought would be probably not. Uh, especially with the money, everything financing this, bankrolling these millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, is blood money from Saudi Arabia. Okay, so you'd think that Augusta National would say, mm, you know, maybe we should, you know, just pipe up just a little bit here. Um, how about, you know, we stand with the PGA Tour. Now, maybe they're going to do this uh, as we speak. I believe the PGA Tour will be announcing Thursday once the golfers start to tee it up once they put the tee in the ground. I believe that's when legally the PGA Tour can announce its suspensions or banishments. And maybe then, maybe then you'll, I don't know, we'll see. And I'm sure people will be listening to this after that point, so we'll find out. Maybe then someone like uh, uh, Augusta National will speak out and say, we stand with the PGA Tour or something like that. Maybe, you know. Um, And, uh, you know, the PGA Tour is is taking all the incoming and then everyone else is standing there kind of hiding behind their back. Like, yeah, we're with you. We're with you. Uh, I don't know. And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I hope that uh, Fred Ridley and RNA and PGA of America, obviously a long time for them uh, till next year as well. But to says, you know what, this is unacceptable. And any if, if you know, you, you could word this statement. I mean, I'm just musing with you here, John, but you could word this statement to say, if in fact, come next April for the, for the Masters, for Augusta National, come next April, if the LIV live, whatever, golf is still in existence, and these and players are still playing in it, they are not welcome to play in the 2023 Masters. I mean, that's an easy one where you don't ban them now, but you see what the landscape is, and if there, it exists, then they're banned. And, um, and, and, and as of now, Christine, that's at least four former winners, maybe a fifth if the stories we hear about Patrick Reed are, are you know, come to yeah. fruition. Yeah, it's significant, but this is significant. You know, uh, as I said earlier, meet the moment, right? This is big. This is big. The Wild West is, is you know, is breaking out in golf. And is the sheriff going <laughs> to keep the analogy going? Sheriff's going to, you know, rustle up anybody and, and throw them in jail or just let them all go, you know, marauding around the countryside? Do you think, Christine, you know, the PGA Tour runs their operations every week? 
and and their bylaws have contingencies for this and codicils for this. And I don't know that the other organizations do. Do you think the other organizations are getting legal advice that says, eh, I don't know that you can really ban these people? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe. But, you know, years ago, as the Barry Bonds uh, home run chase was, was reaching its awful conclusion, I had uh, lots of conversations with, with Bud Selig. I had kind of a funny relationship where I we got all off on a terrible start as I criticized him, shockingly. Uh, and But then we talked a lot on the phone and, and became very friendly as journalist and source, not friends per se, uh, journalist and commissioner, whatever. And I said to him, why aren't you banning Barry Bond? He said, I can't, said Bud Selig. This is right as he's about to break... Uh, you know, Hank Aaron's home run record, which, mm-hmm. of course, is just awful to this day, right? Just an awful stain on the game of baseball. And I, I, so I said, why don't you just do it? Ban him. He goes, well, uh, the union will fight it. I said, so what? <laughs> I said, that's why you have lawyers. He said, They'll be, he'll be reinstated within 30 minutes. And again, I said, I'm the journalist. I'm not in charge of anything, right? But I, I you know, and with a smile, as you know, I like I love to smile, and and uh, and I'm so lucky and so such a happy person, and so fortunate to do what I do, uh, the adventure of a lifetime. So I just said, so what if they reinstate the union reinstates Barry Bonds like in 30 minutes? You did something, you tried. History will record that. How great, John, would would Bud Selig look now if back in whatever year that was. 2007 or whatever, if he had literally banned Barry Bonds, you know, one of the worst cheaters in the history of sports, um, of course, isn't in the Hall of Fame and, and won't be until, I don't know, whatever, they, someone sneaks him in the side door. But um, for cheating so badly and having this record that Hank Aaron, the wonderful gentleman that he is, should have, should have to this day, just a huge stain on baseball. How amazing if Bud Selig had just said, you know what, you're banned. Oh, half hour later, he's back. But Bud Selig tried. He did it. He would be cheered forever as having a spine. So you know what? For Fred Ridley or any of these other guys, um, go for it. Live a little. <laughs> That's it's, why you have lawyers. Is, I, it, I, is I, there I, anybody in this story, Christine, that is looking good in your eyes? I know. I sound like a, like a, one, I, I sound like a journalist, don't I? No, well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm a, column, I'm a columnist. I give my opinion. Listen, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your listeners' time. I've felt this way a, long, a lot, and as I've gotten older and, and experienced in this wonderful career that I'm so lucky to still have, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to give you my opinion. You may disagree with me. You want to be driving off the road if you're listening to us. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to give it my best shot. That's how I live my life. Um, I, I believe there are people inside the PGA Tour who I'm talking to who are really good and get it and want to do the right thing. And I'm guessing we'll see that um, in about 24 hours from when we're talking right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, I know there's one person that is a source. Obviously, I'm not going to reveal uh, who that person is. I know you're not asking me either, um, who is wonderful and gets it and um, is saying everything that you would hope would be said uh, from you know, from a U.S. golf perspective, for sure. Um, I think other journalists who are also equally calling this out, I haven't been in touch with Brandel Chambly, but people I know tweet at him about me and vice versa, um, you know, and uh, he's been fantastic. So I think there are people, it's just too bad there's not people in positions of authority. Now, they're probably, they're, of course, they're being told by their lawyers, don't say anything, right? Of course. And that's where, again, I would go back to that Bud Selig, you know, it's, 
do something. You know, we're all going to be dead, right, in 50 years or whatever. I mean, for young people, I hope it's, you know, 80, 90 years, whatever. But um, we're going to be dead. What are you living for? <laughs> That's how I live my life, right? So um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, Fred Ridley can do whatever he wants. He doesn't need to take advice from me. He's done a lot. He did admit that Augusta National, to my question I asked in April, you know, he did say, you know, we, uh, should we have done it sooner, meaning women members? Um, you know, I forget the exact quote, but yes, you know, you could say that for sure. So, you know, he gets it. He gets it. And it's not just about that, but this is right in that same wheelhouse, right? This is right in the same wheelhouse of culture and having, ha- instead of ha- control of your grounds and everything that's fenced in on your, in your country club, in your, on your golf course, on the grounds that you own and, and run, right, which is what golf has always been, fenced in from the outside world. Now the outside world is crash landing in there, and everyone's like, what, what do we do? What do we do? So I, I, it's hard for me to – I hope – I'm probably missing some people, and I don't talk to everyone, John, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to paint with a broad brush and say everyone screwed this up, but anyone I've talked to or anyone I'm aware of what they're doing – other than the people that I know are inside the PGA Tour who are doing the right thing, and I'm very, very concerned and saying everything that you would hope they would say, uh, not yet publicly. Um, everyone else I've been, I've been seeing act, no. Um, it's just uh, an utter, utter disappointment, um, or from my point of view, because I think they're doing the wrong thing, or just an utter lack of doing anything. I mean, right now, Greg Norman and Phil and all the Blood Money Bros are just running roughshod over the powers that be in golf, right? Because there's this huge void. That's the other thing. Just each day that goes by, the, it's a void. And, and like, USGA speaks up with so much gobbledygook, I couldn't even understand exactly what they were saying. I had to read it a few times. It was just nonsense, lawyered up, you know, garbage, as my dad would say, and uh, my late father, obviously. And, um, and so, you know, um, I, I don't get it. I, I, they're, right now, as far as public relations, I think it's a total disaster for, for the powers that be in golf. I hope I'm wrong, as I said, and I, I certainly hope that changes. She is Christine Brennan, <laughs> columnist at USA Today and uh, contributor at CNN, NPR, uh, the News Hour. Christine, I, I always appreciate you taking the time to do this. I always value your insight, your opinion. Thank you for doing this. Oh, John, my pleasure. And I know I need to get some stronger opinions next time. I'll, I'll do my best to not to, to, to try to come out of my shell. Okay? <laughs> Thank you, Christine. <laughs> Thanks, John. Take care. Great to talk.